Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. James Bond is coming back to the big screen in cinemas in the UK and we're hoping to go to every one of the 25 films. Join us as we celebrate the 60th anniversary of our favourite British agents by watching them all in order. We hope you guys are watching them too, so please let us know your thoughts. You can find us on social media at Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and our podcast is available on iTunes and Spotify as well as video episodes on YouTube. Simply search for Really 007 Pod. James Bond entered the 70s with a completely different tone, but with Sean Connery back as Bond, in Diamonds Are Forever. You've been waiting for him. Asking for him. Now he's here. Who are you? My name is Bond. James Bond. He's back in a new Bond Spectacular. Kill him! Welcome to hell, Blofeld. He's back. Good evening. And we're back to what great movies are all about. Hey, what the hell is this? Hey, listen, you can't do this to me. I've got friends in this town. Outrageous, fun-making thrills. I didn't know there was a pool down there. He's back. The character who runs rings around his enemies in Diamonds Are Forever. Forever, forever. And 
their back. Some rare facets of female bondage. Well, that's quite a nice little nothing you're almost wearing. I approve. I don't dress for the hired help. Starring Jill St. John, Charles Gray, and he's back as Blofeld, 007 style. Good evening, 007. From the Diamond Territory of South Africa. Curious. How everyone who touches those diamonds seems to die. The canals of Amsterdam. To the gaming halls of Las Vegas. Hi, I'm Plenty. But of course you are. Plenty O'Toole. Named after your father, perhaps. To the rocket sites of Nevada. Sean Connery, alias James Bond 007, is back in action. Diamonds are forever, 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 and ever. Hello, this is Gary Kay at the Odeon in Bath. I'm just about to go in to see Diamonds Are Forever. Looking forward to seeing Sean Connery in his last Eon James Bond film. Love this film for its witty dialogue and very much looking forward to hearing another magnificent John Barry score through a decent cinema sound system. Speak to you later. We're here again three weeks in a row, Sam. I know. At I know. the Stratford Centre. And also the amount of times I've seen you this past yeah, week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I've seen you once last Tuesday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. today. It's, uh, it's uh, brilliant to be a Bond fan, especially in, in Manchester. But and unfortunately. Elsewhere, yeah. all over the country, everywhere. Unfortunately, we didn't see everyone on Saturday at Licence to Kill, so we will see them, I'm sure, in the future, uh, another trip. I know some people are going to Tomorrow Never Dies, I don't know. That yeah, I think that's just, yeah, a lot of some people are going to that. I don't know whether I can or not. Yeah. But, um, yeah, if if people have missed out going to the Prince Charles Cinema and seeing and seeing other people from the Bond community, then definitely try and check out Tomorrow Never Dies. I think it's on the eighteenth. Yeah, June. something that sounds right. Um, yeah. yeah, so yeah, go. Yeah, ahead. and have a, have a pint before and after as well. Have definitely. a chat, get out of your shell, and chat to each other. Hopefully, it's not on the same night as any form of final football <laughs> yeah, championship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It, London's going to be busy anytime, but yeah. Anyway, we're here. It's extremely busy. Unfortunately not all these people are going to be watching Diamonds Are Forever. So when we get in there, it'll be a bit of a quiet from the storm. And we, I'm just looking for, you know, I've had a bit of a difficult week. I'm just looking for two hours of relaxing, stylish, silly James Bond. Easy watch. Easy watch. Um, fun, mad, weird elements, <laughs> um, unique characterization, um, questionable acting choices, which I would never change at all. <laughs> Um, huh. <laughs> the dentist, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Professor Dr. Met. No. Oh, yeah. Uh, just there's a lot to unpack with this film, and I think it's become a it's become a favourite over the past year. Big shout out to David, yes, licensed to queer, yeah. who has you know worked so hard to convert <laughs> people to the Diamonds Are Forever cause. I was already there, but I'm I'm now more cemented in that uh, fandom, that specific part of the fandom. Wonderful. I, it's crazy to think that, uh, well, you and I, I'm David, I think, you know, amongst our favourites are Honour Majesties and then Diamonds. 
even though they come right after each other. They're totally different, aren't they? Yeah, I presume that quite a few people are going to talk about the struggle of going from that film, from Modern Majesties, to this film. I don't have that same struggle personally. Um, I, I, that may change watching it on the big screen. Uh, but, no, I've, you just kind of roll with it. You go, this is such a unique film. Tom Mankiewicz is yes. doing his first one here. Um, it's such a shift from the 60s, and we really start preparing for the era of more, um, which I can't wait for either. But this is, yeah, just, I think, a very different type of film and one that should be remembered for the right reasons and not for the wrong reasons, even though there are wrong reasons. <laughs> yeah, too, there's some dodgy but... bits in which we can't really defend. No. But this is it. This is a film from 1971. First film in the 70s. And I think you have those first five where they all seem to be the same sort of progression. And then on a and then this... And then you've got the Roger Moore for quite a bit. So yeah. these are the two which are sort of... Uh, but as we say, this is more linked to the Roger Moore films than either the Lazenby or the Sean Connors, isn't it? Yeah, and I think what's intre- what will be interesting, I think, to see for people who haven't seen you know, something like Moonraker on the big screen is that Diamonds and Moonraker probably seem more connected than Diamonds in the previous film yeah. or Majesties or, or, or any of the previous Sean Connery films, really. So... It should be interesting to see this evolution now as we move on to a new decade and a new style of Bond and the upcoming producer changes and things yeah. like that. Yeah, there's a lot of things that are going to change. And, it, um, and it's kind of already started with Final Majesties, but it yeah. continues. It's difficult because if when the, these films first were on the cinema, this was seen as, oh, brilliant, back to Sean and much more fun, did much better at the box office. But even still, when we were kids growing up, you didn't know what the order was. George's was often a lost one. So this just sort of seemed one of the fun Sean ones, didn't it? It, didn't really, it doesn't really matter what the order is in. Yeah, this was probably one of the first Sean Connery ones that I decided to watch just because of, I think, the title everyone knew, knew the song, because of Las Vegas. It's a very... The actual idea of what this film could be <laughs> potentially could be more interesting than the actual film itself. Although the film has enough going for it that whatever preconceptions you may have it could be complete 180 but you'll still enjoy it yeah and that's the main thing because it's not it's not the most spectacular there's not the most action but there is so much to enjoy I don't is there anything like particularly I'm trying to think of on the big screen anything that you're looking forward to seeing I mean the Vegas hotels the, the clothes I, I think Tiffany as well t- t- Tiffany of course <laughs> I'm not going to quote anything right now yeah, after. maybe afterwards yeah. Uh, but yeah Tiffany the music yes I mean yeah. this this could be I think this is probably my second favourite soundtrack or third it's definitely up there um, I think the entire the laser the, sat- the laser satellite sequence 007 and counting that's oh yeah, yeah to have that and yeah and I think more Ken Adam Marvel yes you know and Winton Kidd, last word on Winton Kidd. Winton Kidd and Bond's Pink Tie. Yes. <laughs> How can you not love this film, people? Title sequence. Oh, there's Pre-title so much. Title sequence. Well, some people hate that, don't they? Because it was, uh, you know, forgetting what had happened before. Anyway, we don't, we love it. Right, we better go. We are really looking forward to this one. Can't believe it. Diamonds are forever at the cinema. Bring can't it on. Bring it <laughs> Making mud pies, 007. He would have been me in a matter of days, if you've given the poor fellow a chance. Such a pity, I was dying to see how the operation turned out.
to hell, Blofeld. Hello, Patch once again. I had a lovely time seeing Diamonds Are Forever on the big screen, and I hope everyone else who sees it this week will too. So, if you'd asked me about ten or so years ago, I would have said that this was my favourite Bond film, and it is still one that I hold a great deal of fondness for. Nowadays, of course, The Spy Who Loved Me is my favourite. But anyway, though it's not generally regarded as one of the best Bond films, either because the Las Vegas location isn't as glamorous as the cows in other Bond films, or it's sometimes clear the budget was low, or even because of its more light-hearted tone, makes things a bit campy, as they would say. None of that really matters to me when I sit down and watch it. It's purely a piece of comforting entertainment. Nothing more, nothing less. And sure, it would have been great to see a George Lazenby revenge thriller sequel to On the Majesty's Secret Service, but I wouldn't trade Sean Connery's place in this film for another actor playing Bond, ever. He brings me nothing but joy in this film on my every viewing, as he did today. You see, Connery was such an expressive and alert actor. That sort of magic he brings to his performance is on firing form here, with his wit and his smooth moments, showing all his nonchalance. It truly makes him the coolest guy in an otherwise tacky and cheap looking place like Las Vegas. He's a fish out of water, so to speak, and that's why I love him in this film. It's my second favourite of his performances as Bond, actually. I think Guy Hamilton is actually a fairly underrated Bond director. I know he sometimes gets flack for his post-Goldfinger work on Bond, but his sense of comic timing for a scene and his shot composition deserve plenty of praise. There are quite a few nicely shot moments in Diamonds, like seeing through the bars around the lift in the fight with Peter Franks, or several long shots in one take, like when Bond hurries out of the Metz's lab and the camera pans to some nearby doors to reveal the real Hergesheimer coming in and everyone in the lab looking all confused. It all just works wonderfully, and though not everything in this film looks so elegant, this HD transfer really does show off how glossy and full of life a cinematographer like Ted Moore could make something that's otherwise cheap looking <laughs> seem so wonderful. The car chase in Las Vegas works surprisingly well on the big screen, and I did manage to get myself absorbed into it. It was meant to feel like it's taking you on a ride, and it does. It's all part of that sense of adventure feeling that you get from a lot of these early Bond films with their fantasy tones. Charles Grey is maybe not the ideal interpretation of Blofeld, but he is by far the funniest. His charming line delivery doesn't fail to amuse, and you can at least have fun with him by treating him as a light-hearted villain. But boy, do I love it when he refuses to go down with his own ship. Or oil rig, I should say. And all those Mets to get back to work or we'll have him shot. That's exactly what Blofeld would do. He's really a self-serving coward at heart, isn't he? Tiffany Case is sometimes maligned as a Bond girl as well. And sure, her character does lose agency in the final act. But she's got great sass, she's funny, witty as well. And at least Jill St. John and Connery have great chemistry. It's a pure delight to see them playing off each other throughout. And then there's the soundtrack. Oh my goodness, the soundtrack. John Barry was a genius. 
pure and simple. It's such a varied score too, isn't it? Bit of jazz, bit of atmosphere, bit of class, and some bombastic action themes. Another of my top five Bond scores. And with the great sound mixing you have for these re-releases, it sounds mighty good in the cinema too. So there we go! A fun little joyride of a Bond film with a terrific lead actor and probably the wittiest script of the 007 franchise. I'll be sad not to see Connery again for the rest of these cinema releases. I mean, he is my second favourite Bond. But I'm sure looking forward to the next actor's tenure, my favourite, which is coming up. So, bring on Roger Moore. Ahead is one of the oldest bridges in Amsterdam, the Skinny Bridge. It was built over 300 years ago by two sisters who wanted to visit each other every day. Unfortunately, they ran out of money. So that is why it is called the Skinny Bridge. On your right, those beautiful old houses can be seen in the paintings of our famous painter Rembrandt. And now, ladies and gentlemen, if you will look to your left as we go down the Amster, you can see... Oh! Mrs. Whistler did want some pictures of the canals for the children. How kind of you, Mr. Kidd. The children will be so thrilled. Good evening. I'm afraid Darren Bithel couldn't make it tonight, so I, Mr. Wint, will tell you all about the history of Mouton Rochille Clavettes. Well, it was better than Hello, Darren Bithel here with my take on DAF, the Dutch truck manufacturing company founded in 1928. Yeah, OK, I'll stop. Maybe the abbreviation of this film title should have a silent T at the end. Forget everything Forget you everything saw last week. Saw last week. That film didn't exist. Bond never looked like that. He like didn't get married. It was all a bad dream. Well, that's what Broccoli and Saltzman wanted you to think. But what a difference four years makes. From looking like someone who was just one or two beats below his Bond peak, both physically and emotionally, the first sight of Sean Connery in this film... He resembles more of a double-glazing sales director who attended one too many corporate lunches. Myself, I think he looked better in Never Say Never Again, complete with muscle, eyeliner and creosote. We all know why he returned for this, and throughout the film there is a glowing self-satisfaction. However, he is more involved and having fun with this one than in You Only Live Twice. It's just a shame it's not a better film than You Only Live Twice. Diamonds is not very high in my hierarchy of Bond more very low. It's not a bad Bond film. There's only been one truly bad Bond film, and I'll leave you to guess what that is, and I won't be seeing that when it arrives this week of glory. They really played it safe with this one, and emotion or hard edge was replaced with complacent capering. It's ironic that Adam West was considered to play Bond in this film, as it would have suited him, an American Roger Moore if you like. However, the thought of him or Roger garroting a woman with a bikini top is just too much. There's a feeling throughout this film, as long as Connery was in it, the film wouldn't fail regardless of how good it was. What is clear is that some of the production values were compromised in this film, possibly as a result of Connery's fee. I'm not saying the quality of this film is hodgepodge or without care, but using Martin Campbell's analogy for his film to be sharp as a knife, sharp as a knife, this is about as sharp as a wooden spoon. The one main saving grace in this film is the script, thanks to the introduction of Tom Mankiewicz and he does create some belting witticisms throughout. So I went to this screening with about as low expectation I had in seeing any Bond film on the big screen. Now that I've seen it, 
I have to admit that this felt more of a box-ticking exercise compared to the others I've seen in this run. The pre-titles are the weakest of the series, a wasted opportunity to bring Connery back with a big fanfare. Oh sorry, I forgot he'd never left, did he? The best moment for me was hearing the theme song, heard in a mix which was just absolutely perfect. The soundtrack didn't give me the goosebumps as previous films, but it's very loungy, show-busy, and suited the film's mood. The character of Tiffany Case is introduced in a very sassy, streetwise manner, but as soon as she says the immortal line, You've just killed James Bond! For the rest of the film, I found her quite grating. Charles Gray is a fine villain, as long as I don't think of him as Blofeld. Why couldn't he have been a Spectre agent thwarting Bond from getting his hands on Blofeld? Or make him Willard White's evil English cousin or something? I know for sure that he would have made the scariest of pub landladies. I was waiting for Felix Knight to, to say DOOM after every line. He should have been named Felix Grumpier. My favourite characters are Willard White, whose rants hit my funny bone. And of course, Winton Kidd, who nearly steal the show if they were used more in the second half. Maybe Ian Fleming would have liked them. The action sequences are, on the whole, lacklustre. The special effects are lower than lacklustre. And the script, which is the strongest element of the film, at times tries too hard in beating its own one-liners. Some hit the target, others collect tumbleweed. All in all, I left this screening with the completest in me satisfied, and I wouldn't feel I'd be missing out if I didn't or couldn't see it again. It was fun, but they have been much, much better. I think the 15 to 20 sized audience of View Cheshire Oaks had more fun than the neighbouring screen watching the Champions League final. Say no more. So the first of the Hamilton Mankiewicz Sheriff trilogy has been and gone. The next one is a beaut. And at the time of recording, I've got six days and counting to wait for it. All the best, guys. Yes? Peter Franks. Third floor. Guten Abend. Good evening. Vita? You are English? Yes, I'm English. I speak English. Who is your floor? Three, please. Hi, this is Dom here. Me and my girlfriend just got back from watching Diamonds Are Forever at the cinema. It was her first time watching it, but I've watched it quite a few times, so I knew what to expect. She didn't, so she thought it was light-hearted and good fun. Not the emotional shitness that we've just witnessed with the Daniel Craig era, but it was perfect for good uh, Sunday afternoon viewing, as it always is Diamonds Are Forever. But watching the cinema was a great experience. The sound coming from different places, the surround sound, bit where he says, making more pies 007, where it's like not on the screen. He's like not there, so it was weird seeing that, because normally on telly it's like, where you just all the sound comes in front of you, so that was pretty cool. And very high res, I enjoyed the quality of it. I'm sure it's like a Blu-ray copy, I'm not quite sure how it's done, but it was perfect on the huge screen. I thought it was good, like Connery looked good, it was so much sharper. And there was a few laughs from the crowd, which is doesn't happen when I'm watching it by myself, which is quite funny, so I laughed at quite a few of the lines. So yeah, I don't want to go and watch some more if it's possible. Definitely Licensed to Kill and Golden Eye if possible, but yeah, that's my thoughts on it at the cinema. This is Trevor Baxendale, just come out of seeing Diamonds Are Forever. I'll confess that Diamonds has never been high on my Bond list, but it's been growing on me for the last couple of years, and seeing it where it belongs on the big screen has confirmed that it's a kind of masterpiece, really. For one thing, it's funny. 
There was more audience laughter in this one than any other so far. Now, that may not be to everyone's taste, but it's here to stay for quite a while and a good thing too. Sean Connery prowls through the film, so much more relaxed and yet somehow cooler than ever before because he knows what his return means for the Bond films and for the audience, even if it's for one night only. Charles Gray may not be everyone's favourite interpretation of Blofeld, but he's absolutely right for this film and Tom Mankiewicz's Zingy script. The final showdown on the oil rig isn't as grandiose as it might have been, but it is greatly improved as a cinema experience. And I think this big screen viewing has done nothing to lessen my admiration for Diamonds Are Forever. In fact, it's only enhanced it. But for now, it's so long, Sean. You were very definitely the best. It's a good job the other best Bond is about to take over. Is he dead? I sincerely hope so. No idea. This chap's been following me all day today. My God. You just killed James Bond. Is that who it was? Well, it just proves no one's indestructible. You don't kill James Bond and sit around waiting for the cops to arrive. We've got to get those diamonds out of here and fast. What are they? A little old lady dropped them by yesterday morning. Priceless. I think we ought to let Mr. Bond carry the load from here on out. John Orty, a.k.a. Behind the Stunts, and his mates Bob Foster and Kieran Brown all watched Diamonds Are Forever on the big screen this week and shared their thoughts on the experience. Having seen Diamonds Are Forever tonight with uh, Bob and Kieran. Bob? Feelings towards the movie, what do you think? Uh, it just just really liked the film. Uh, I like the look of Connery throughout, and more importantly than anything, it's John Barry's score. Mm. I actually noticed, looking at it on the big screen, or listening to it with the, the sound system, I heard some extra notes mm. in the music yes. of the main titles. I was I, I, As soon as I heard that, I was listening throughout the rest of the soundtrack, yeah. and there were some tiny little bits you could pick out individual instruments yes it's just a fun it, it, it really is a fun film all the way throughout yeah. tiffany case is such a, a <laughs> sexy woman uh. until she gets to the oil rig and then she just basically falls apart yes. <laughs> i think her, her character um had done all of her best work in that part leading up to that and then it all got a bit it all got a bit carried away after that i thought it was great uh, looking at it again for obviously i've never seen it on the big screen so looking at it and the size of it although we, we talked about it being it's panavision though isn't it so it, was a, it's a, a, mm. a, it looks very much as though it's in panavision but it didn't take away from the size of the las vegas shots mm. you know the pre-title the titles look fabulous yeah um the music was terrific it's well worth seeing it on the big screen and 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 plenty of laughs it got it's a it's a funny picture mm. so i was very pleased with it and uh mr connery i thought was very good I thought he was uh, well. We, we all kind of agreed. Yes, he looked, he looked left, left, left. pretty happy and yeah. satisfied. And the script's great. You know, and Matt, rich. And rich. Yes. <laughs> let's not deny it. That boy's got some cash knocking about, particularly after that movie. 
But um, the script, Mankiewicz's script, is just superb. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very great funny. fun to be. Kieran, your points? Yeah, no, I've, I mean, I'll keep this a lot shorter and sweeter than Majesty's <laughs> Thank you, thank you. But, thank um, you. No, thank no, no, I have to echo these guys' sentiments. For me, I think it's just nice to see Connery in a camper Bond film, really. I mean, cause <laughs> not not Dear is... Sean. Yes, <laughs> well, there we go. Um, dear Sean. Carry on um, at the Vegas Strip. No, it was, it was, it's, a, it's a good romp. I mean, oh, this film has yeah. never been, I'll be honest, it's never been one of my favourites. Um, sorry, chaps, sorry. Oh. But uh, it, is a, it is a major guilty pleasure. And um, agreeing with Bob on the musical score, there were certain cues that, again, I'd never heard before, and I, I put it down to yeah. surely the immersive experience of the theatre. Yeah. But no, it's, it's a fun romp. It shows a lot more cheek... Tongue and cheek. He went there. He went there. Oh, matrix. Um, but yes, it, it, it has a lot more tongue and cheek than its previous entries. But the thing I was saying to these guys afterwards was the. I think after the experience of Lazenby and obviously Majesties, I think they almost they were unsure with how what direction to go with this film. But yeah. I think they I think they pulled it off. Uh, that's I mean the, the, this is why this particular film is always. It's been reasonably high on my list. In fact, uh, uh, on those um, compilation lists, I've, I've put it on top from a sheer entertainment point mm, of view. Definitely. And, you know, after seeing No Time to Die, I needed something to uh, put me back into a better frame of mind. And this is it. Diamonds is definitely a feel-good picture. There's mm. no toys about it. It's huge fun. Mm. So, uh, yes, enjoyed that enormously. So Connery has come to an end. He has. Yes, yes he's no longer. And will now be replaced by the slimmer... And older Roger Moore, <laughs> God bless him. We are uh, now in treat for more. Yeah, Much live more. and oh. let die. So uh, until next time, mm. goodbye. Goodbye. Au revoir. Hi everyone, this is Trina Parks. You are listening to Really 007. You're on again, Bambi. Hello, this is Gary Kay. Just been to see Diamonds Are Forever on the big screen for the first time, and I've got to say it could be more different from Mona Majesty's Secret Service but my goodness I had a great time watching it I had so much fun I laughed throughout the film at various times as did other members of the audience it was just such a fun evening John Barry was on top form again from the gun barrel sequence rendition of the James Bond theme throughout the entire movie the Winton Kid theme that plays throughout. Superb piece of music for those characters. The variations on Shirley Bass's outstanding rendition of Diamonds Are Forever, which is my favourite of the uh, Bassy theme songs for Bond. And it didn't half sound fantastic through the cinema sound system, accompanied by Morris Binder's striking title sequence. The transfer was outstanding. The colours were so vibrant and when you saw the sequences in Amsterdam and Las Vegas, it really did look like a great travelogue Bond film. Absolutely loved the humour that Tom Mankiewicz injected into the dialogue throughout the film. Of course, he would go on to work on the first two Superman films and did a fantastic job of uh, creating some very witty dialogue in those two films as well really loved that in this film it really lifted the whole mood of the film it was a shame that lois maxwell's money penny was only seen briefly in the film but she made 
the very best of a very small moment in the film. Just um, lovely to see her interact with Sean Connery again for one final time in the Bond franchise. Some lovely interactions with Bernard Lee and Sean Connery in the film as well, particularly the moment when he rolls his eyes. Desmond Llewellyn's cues used nicely in this film. He was underused, of course, in On A Majesty's Secret Service, but used to great effect in this film. Uh, I particularly love the sequence where he's tinkering with the his voice changer so that Bond can sound like Bert Saxby. Lovely little moment. Charles Gray's Blofeld couldn't be more different from Telly Savalas' interpretation of the role, but really enjoyed his performance throughout. He has such a rich voice, it's no wonder that they reused him for The Spy Who Loved Me for the narration of the Nighttime Pyramid sequence, um, the, the, the Pyramid Show. Great actor, was superb as the main villain in The Devil Rides Out, the Hammer film, so I can understand why they chose him for um, playing the main villain for this film. Great actor, superbly delivered um, the comic lines in the film, but also he's got that hint of menace as well about him when he's uh, playing uh, Blofeld that just works um, in this um, often dark comedy of a Bond film. Absolutely loved Jill St. John's Tiffany Case. I thought the character was a, just a wonderfully sassy character, beautifully played by Jill St. John, who handled the comic moments superbly, and also the more serious moments, um, such as the confrontation between her and Bond um, at the poolside when they've discovered Plenty's body in the pool. Just wonderful performance by her. And just great to see Sean Connery back again for one last Eon Bond film. He'd seem to relish the comic moments throughout the film. Again, proved that um, he's great as a dramatic actor as well. Handled both superbly. Just a great Bond. Tone of the movie overall, as I've mentioned, without the comedy in it, it definitely felt a lot more of a cartoonish comic strip version of Bond. You have the mobsters who seem more like characters out of the Anthill mob from um, Hanna-Barbera's Wacky Races and Penelope Pitstop than the cast of The Godfather, for example. Also, the depiction of the villains um, comes across a little bit like the Adam West Batman 60s Villain of the Week characters. Some people criticise it. Personally, I find it a great deal of fun and I absolutely loved the film overall. The other bit that's a nice little moment that also is reminiscent of 60s Batman is the bit when um, Winton Kidd take Bond drive Bond out from through the tunnels into the deserts and there's the little exit hatch that lifts up that looks like it's part of the desert scenery with a, a fake cactus on top. Another nice little comic touch. The chase with the moon buggy and the Honda three-wheelers compared to the other Bond movies, um, a bit of a bizarre chase moment. But for some somehow within the context of Diamonds Are Forever and all the wonderful madness that's going on throughout the movie it just seems to work the other thing that obviously needs to be mentioned whenever you're um, he's involved with any of the bond films is ken adams production designs yet again incredible detail throughout the entire movie the interior of slumbering the funeral crematoria looked absolutely superb very striking visuals and absolutely loved the interior of the White House, um, the hideout for Blofeld in the penthouse. That 
set design just looked wonderful with the metallic staircase going up. Just pure Cadden Bond. Overall, had a fantastic evening. All of the cast were um, on form in this film. And um, I think it's for that reason why Diamonds Are Forever, for me at least, works. And the comic moments do come together to make it just such an entertaining piece. And also um, a great transitional movie into the more upbeat comic tone of the Roger Moore period. Very much looking forward to seeing Live and Let Die on the big screen next week and hearing that fantastic George Martin score as well as Paul McCartney's theme song. So um, hope everyone has a great weekend and hope some of you are catching these Bond films on the big screen whilst we get the opportunity to do so. Thanks all. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What wrong pussy? I do so enjoy our little visits, Mr. Bond. However potentially painful they may be. But I'm afraid this one has come to an end. What do you intend to do with those diamonds? An excellent question. And one which will be hanging on the lips of the world quite soon. If I were to break the news to anyone, it would be to you first, Mr. Bond. You know that. But it's late, I'm tired, and there's so much left to do. Don't forget to listen to our ridiculously long and in-depth review of Diamonds Are Forever recorded last year with Licensed to Queer. We've also got an interview with Trina Parks, who played Bambi. These can both be found on our YouTube channel, on iTunes and Spotify in audio format. So check them out. Yeah. You won't believe this. Willard White for you. Wow. Uh, this is the real honor, sir. Shove, your honor. Where's that satellite I sent down there? Blasted off 24 minutes ago, sir. Perfect trajectory. All systems go. We expect to enter orbit right on the nose, sir. Wait, something's happened. Uh, just a moment, Mr. White. Scanners have gone crazy. Premature first stage separation. It doesn't make sense. Hello, everybody. This is David, creator and editor of License to Queer. As any regular to my site or podcast will be very aware, I'm a massive Diamonds of Forever fan, and you may be wondering what else I could possibly have to say about this particular Bond film. 
After all, I have been invited onto many people's podcasts to defend the honour of diamonds. I joined the Really 007 crew for more than 11 hours to review the film in nauseating detail, and I've written several in-depth articles and even been quoted in the independent newspaper talking about Wins and Kid. Well, I see diamonds being back on cinema screens as the opportunity for others to see what I see whenever I watch Diamonds Are Forever. Unlike Sir Donald in the film, the character played by Lawrence Naismith, I'm no expert on diamonds themselves. But if Diamonds Are Forever was one of these glittering jewels, it would be the Koh-i-Noor, the gigantic stone which forms part of the British crown jewels. In the mid-19th century, the Koh-i-Noor was snaffled away from India, so deeply problematic by today's standards, and not uncontroversial in its day. Just like Diamonds Are Forever, really, which is in parts misogynistic, racist, homophobic. This latter quality, if that's the right word, was noticed by queer commentators back in the 1970s, so it's not really just a modern sensibility. Yes, I squirmed to see Mr. Wint dispatched with his tails between his legs, a joke at a gay person's expense, but this doesn't stop the film as a whole, including the presentation of Winton Kid, being deeply fascinating and very entertaining. Very, very funny, of course. Like the Koinor, you can't ignore the problematic aspects of Diamonds Forever. We do so at our peril. But these aspects shouldn't rob us of our enjoyment of what is, in many ways, one of the most glittering jewels in the Bond movie canon. After all, in what other film do you get a very sexy shot, accompanied by Mr John Barry's preposterously swaggering music, of a hovercraft sliding down a beach? Mr. Franks, your passport is quite in order. Well, anyone seeing you in that outfit, Money Penny, would most certainly be discouraged from leaving the country. What can I bring you back from Holland? A diamond? In a ring? Would you settle for a tulip? Yes. David is doing an amazing thing this Platinum Jubilee weekend. On the Friday, he is raising money for UNICEF, which of course was Sir Roger Moore's beloved charity. Uh, what he's going to be doing is watching all seven of Roger's Bond films back to back to mark the Queen's Platinum Jubilee weekend. Now, if you just go to justgiving.com, fundraising, rogering for UNICEF, you'll find all the details there. But basically, he and his husband, Anthony, are going to be watching all the films from Live and Let Die right through to A View to a Kill, and they're going to have a cocktail for each one. Just go to his website, find out all the details, and please donate yeah, to Scott this worthy Field. cause. I'm Nelson in Pendle. Went to watch uh, Diamonds Are Forever last night at uh, the Audience Cinema in Preston. Was it worth driving all the way to Preston on a Tuesday night to go and watch this film? I think just about it was. I think it's saving grace is the picture looks really good. It doesn't look quite as good to me as uh, the first three films. However, it still looks great and the sound is fantastic. It sounds really good. I've always found this film a little problematic for me. It starts off well. Bond on a revenge mission, you'd like to think, after the exploits of the previous film. For them to be then sort of <laughs> dismissed after the opening credits to the point where even M just says oh, it's nice to have you back to work which is a bit harsh considering he's probably just buried his wife in fact it's almost as if it never really happened like On Her Majesty's Secret Service was a film in an alternative universe maybe that's how uh, I'm going to have to look at No Time To Die and pray that's how it happens the opening I enjoyed very much though Winton Kidd 
are uh, very, very funny and creepy assassins. The fight scene in Holland in the lift with the real Peter Franks is uh, spot on. Glass smashing, punches thrown. It's what you want to see in a Bond film. Jill St. John starts off as a bolshy, super attractive woman. Reminds me a little bit of uh, Stephanie Powers. Perhaps after Heart to Heart, that's why Robert Wagner married her. I don't know. And like I say, it starts off really well and then descends into a, a completely different film once they get to America and that's where I think it really bothers me. It doesn't feel like a Bond film. There are moments where it sort of feels like a, a film where Burt Reynolds would come riding through during the car chases. Maybe that's why they asked him at one time. The jokes land well, but it just doesn't feel like a Bond film for me. Connery seems not in the greatest of shape. He looks better in Never Say Never Again years later. Um, and also seems to be just coasting through it. Action scenes at the end, the special effects on the actual rig are really good, but the explosions of the helicopters, they really look poor in comparison to previous films. And then Blofeld. I used to quite like Charles Greg's Blofeld. It's a highlight for me. I think he's very funny and has a, an air of menace. I'm not so keen on his drag disguise in the slipping out of the casino. That aside, I think he's really good. Sadly, though, at the end, it's sort of dismissed. But I presume just to assume that he dies in the explosion of the oil rig. And then it moves straight onto the boat. And then Winton Kidd, who have both given us a film of various knocking off people, dismissed in really a really poor way at the end. The grizzly death in the fire is one thing, but living with his tail tucked beneath his legs. It just It's a bit of a farce film for me. The one thing it has done is made me even more so look forward to this weekend and live and let die. You can call Roger Moore for his one-liners and the films not being serious. Well, you can't say the Connery films were either. Anyway, I enjoyed going out and watching it on the big screen. I did find that the film was better on the big screen than it was at home, personally. I thought it sort of just about pulls it through with it being a big event. As I said, not one of my favourites. It's probably up there with uh, Dying of a Day. Bit harsh, but there you go. Anyway, roll on Saturday. Keep up the good work. I hope everybody else is enjoying going to the cinema and watching these films again. When we haven't sounding too negative all the time. The next one I'm hoping is going to be a super, super positive review. And we'll see. Anyway, take care everyone. Bye-bye. Wow, so we've just come out of Diamonds Off Forever. <laughs> I mean, to be honest... It was the first one that a few people seemed to leave, didn't they, throughout the film? Like oh, six or seven people, yeah. which is weird. I th- although I think three of them legit got the wrong screen. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> although it did take them like 10, 15 minutes until... <laughs> Actually, no, 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 no. For, the, for those first three, they went out during the trailers, and I was like, okay. And then more people went out like 10, 15 minutes yeah. into it, and I was like, did they get the wrong one, or did they really, really hate... No. <laughs> hate the pre-title sequence. They were waiting for Tom Cruise, Top Gun Maverick, weren't uh, they? Yeah, he, he never appeared. That's it. But it's... Uh, I don't know. I, to be honest, Diamonds is one of those where I just never understand the plot. I thought I understood bits of it more than normal. I understand bits of it even less than normal. I think it's more simpler than, uh, than quite a few of the others. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> You're like, is that the real tape or the fake one? I'm like, no, that's the, that's the fake one. That's the real one. And... Like, I, I can get it now, but I don't I can't even remember if I did get it as a kid. No. I probably didn't, but now I'm more like, okay, I mean compared to Fabrice Jacques, this is this Oh is, yeah, yeah. This is easy. This is Yeah, because it yeah. we know what it does and it knows yeah, it has and, to be swapped. You know, the actual villain plot is pretty 
simple. Yeah. In terms of everything, it's literally okay. Get these diamonds from A to B, and that's it. And it's for a laser and hold the world to ransom. That's yeah. That's it. Really. But I suppose it would be quite a quite a neat trick that you wouldn't know why they were being specifically no, oh, diamonds no. until the end, would you? No, Those no, signs. no. I, th- I think it's more like after it's all said and done, it's like, oh, right, okay, that makes sense. But it is like, okay, one person then kill them, next person yeah. then kill them, and you know, I think there's all these. There's a few misdirects in there for sure. Um, it's about the ride though isn't it diamonds it's, oh it's all about the ride has a film ever evoked such joy oh, no. um, I actually don't know I mean I, I feel like I have to say that to myself every single time you watch one of these films but I don't think well I've definitely not laughed as much no, as this no. film I don't know whether it's just because we were together or not but no one else was laughing just, Sam unfortunately there was the odd chuckle <laughs> there, was, there was what was it it sort of went Oh really? And, like right near the end, and I can't remember what it was for. Oh no, it was for when it was for when Wint and Kid appeared in the windows of the cruise ship. Oh. I think the woman on the same row went. went oh, <laughs> so she's like she knows, she knows, she knows. So that was funny. But um, yeah, yeah, there was there was a few there was a few troubles, but very few and far between compared yeah. to us. <laughs> the the, bur- the Telemis Five got a little. That, I, think that was, I think that was the most. I think that was the most. <laughs> rich, you know. But. Um, God, I, th- I think almost every other minute oh, there, was a, there was a laugh in there whether it was supposed to be a laugh or not my, was, my mouth hurts now because I've, I've been laughing most of the way through I was mouthing a lot of yes, the words yeah. as well and it just it became funnier <laughs> it's just so funny um, anything yeah. you noticed particularly that it, on the big screen a bit more or um, this time no, I feel with this film, no, I think because I've watched this film a lot, <laughs> a lot recently this past year. It's probably my most watched. So there's not much else. I mean, I said I turned to you at the end and I said, "Oh, that, that's a Crevazier brand new bottle." <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Which <laughs> I, I didn't notice before. I mean, it doesn't really affect anything. Um, but no, there's really not that much. I know you know you mentioned some purple colours. Yeah, the, some of the colours came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I think it was in his. Uh, the, the the dinner jacket, the black dinner jacket, when he's got the carnation on him, Willard oh, Whites. Yes. That yeah. that sort of had crimson lapels. Yeah, there was a purple tie. Purple tie and the the embry thing. Yeah. Yeah, there was, <laughs> it's just um, so detailed. Uh, there's uh, Tiffany's bikini. Tiffany's purple, bikini's purple. purple yeah. Yeah, I don't know why we the, do focus on the purple. Mister Kid's weird tie oh, was quite yeah. unusual when he they see Mrs. Whistler. And then that almost looked like the, the staff at the Circus Circus yes, with purple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was thinking, so, I mean, I know people ask, you know, what about the end when, like, what was Tiffany going to ask before when a kid came yeah, in? Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I think it's a complete, total dig at Honor Majesty's and for the audience. I think that's just... Uh, yeah, I've thought that's, about I think that. that's specifically for the audience. Have I you think, thought that before, though? No, not really. No, I think I'm just kind of like, oh, well, that's kind of the, the thing. But I never thought about it in relation to Honor Majesty's. Yeah. Now it's kind of like the audience thinking, oh, no, here we go again. Or, you know... Or, yeah. Or, or, oh, she's going to die when winning could... I think maybe that could have been in the heads. Oh, of course, yeah, um, yeah. Well, then you just switch up and just say, oh, how the hell are we going to get those diamonds out? Yeah. And it's like, oh, right, okay. We're back to square one. Yeah. This is one where we don't have to think about it after the film. Yeah. There's nothing, you know, there's nothing really sort of leany on it or the next one, you know, will just be completely different. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. If I, if I do think about this object as objectively yes, as possible, it's tough, though, isn't it? this is not great. 
Right. In terms of in just film. Don't listen to this, David. And uh, no, 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 David, I love you, but <laughs> just I mean, if if you do think about Honor Majesties and then goes this, they are so yeah, different. Of course, I yeah, think, yeah. I think really in terms of you know the producers, every, everyone in this film is like, okay, we we need to get this you know back safe safely. Essentially, it's yeah. like let's just land this plane. You know, it's like they went through turbulence with Honor Majesties or something. It was like at least at the time, I mean, I think yeah, of course, everyone now. Know, has a completely different opinion about it but um, I think it is like right we just need to make sure that this is solid and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> can't be with more than it, it's, yeah, um, it's, but, do, very, but do you know what I mean I think, yeah. I think they just wanted that you know to, to just get that assurance that okay the, the, this series can continue yeah and it's a new direction isn't it yeah, yeah exactly so I think it's not the, the, the greatest film in the world but I mean this as we said beforehand before you know in the last recording and, and now like there's so much to enjoy there's yeah. so much I mean if it makes us laugh that much yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean it's not very it's not the most tense it's not the scariest it's not the most dramatic but it works as what it is yeah and I appreciate it for what it is and it makes it higher on my list than so many others that are a bit more yeah. you know classic bonds because this just has some form of effects, whether it is the characters, <laughs> the, the weird writing. The array of characters is massive, isn't it? Everyone in it. Charlie, is, is Curly, yeah, Marty, yeah. I mean, Hamilton. Like, yeah. Hamilton. I mean, you've just got all these random <laughs> people. I expected, like, um, Curly, the, the, person, oh, yeah. the gas station guy, to just be you win. Marty from... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Casino yeah. or something. Just. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> like, how about, why don't you take a nap and, and I'll see you next year? So, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Plenty. It was just so good. I mean, yes, she's, yeah. she's a scene stealer. She absolutely yeah. is. Um, as is Tiffany. I mean, oh, every, <laughs> everything, everything about her. It's just, really only until the end, isn't it? Do, do you, I thought for the first time, do you think Bond is genuinely annoyed at her that, I don't know, either he... They're sort of playing that game throughout the whole film, aren't they? Like, will we help each other? Is it, yeah. Are we just doing it for ourselves? Are we actually going to run away with each other? What are we in it for? And then at the end, he seems a bit annoyed at her. Not just because she gets the tape thing wrong, but before that, he's like a bit... But, you know, when he sees her, he sort of takes a yeah, double take as if, hang on. I've come back to save you and you're... But I, I don't think you could be asked that much, can you? No, no, no. I, I think maybe he's... Potentially, he, he's unsure where her allegiances yeah, yeah. actually lie. But I think... You know, I don't think he cares too much. <laughs> really. I mean, it's not like... Excuse me. I, I don't think he... Um, I don't. I think he would save it no matter what anyway. Yeah. Really, unless she was actively against him. But I think she, as soon as... Blofeld's back is turned. She, you know, gets yeah. the tape and does that. So I think, I think he knows that she's trying to help. Ultimately, she's not that helpful. Not at the <laughs> really. end, but she has I'm, been so good. Even has. the petrol bit—it's quite oh, clever yeah, of her. The yeah. distraction, isn't it? And yeah, I mean, she she makes it work. She absolutely yeah. supports in the film, and she's not she's not a complete damsel in distress. She's she's not yeah, weak. Yeah. Um, I just think she's a little bit of a klutz. 
not as much as Goodnight at all. Oh, I mean, Goodnight is in a completely not different league. Her, and I cannot wait to watch that yeah, disaster unfold of Goodnight because <laughs> she's hilariously bad, but so good. Well, uh, no, no yeah, yeah. I love her. Yeah, I love good, her. good. But um, yeah, Tiffany, you know, yeah, she goes a bit downhill in terms of what she actually does for the plot, but I mean, she's still entertaining. I think that's the main thing. She's so Oh, she is, yeah. Um, she's not a waste of space or anything. The way she speaks, it's so like knowing and almost so yeah. It, it's sort of this. This he has met his match in terms of somewhat because he, he presumes it's a woman. Sorry, he presumes it's a man yeah, when he yeah. sees T Case and all that. Yeah. So he doesn't. He's no idea what to expect. It is totally different where Bond the whole film he's he is like trying to find out everything at the same time as the audience, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think. You know, in terms of like their relationship, you know, it is very much. It's all about you know, smoke and mirrors, really. Like, yeah, they, yeah. They're not honest with each other at all, which means that if anyone had <laughs> to believe that she was going to propose, I'd be like, oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. But um, no, I mean, I, I mean, I want. What did you think of Connery? In this? Well, I, like, th- I know we spoke about him. I, I think he's fantastic. Yeah. I th- the, I think it's possibly now my favourite Connery performance in terms of enjoyable. Yeah. He's not... Thunderball's probably my favourite overall because he just looks incredible and he's so much more stealthy. And, and you know. Probably that was probably his most charismatic yeah, yeah. performance. But, but, but this, he's more... He's just, he's just loving it, the whole I think thing. Definitely more knowledgeable yeah, about yeah. the whole thing. Um, oh, I can hear uh, <laughs> Exorcist. Yeah, that's spooky. But I, I would have loved more. Oh, obviously, I'm glad Roger took over, yeah. but I would have liked more with Connery in that mood. It'd be quite an interesting route yeah. to take, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, Connery in the 70s is a yeah. intrigue. I mean, mo- most people probably don't speak about that because they are more focused on, you know, what if another actor took over, like, yeah. like yeah. A, you know, John Calvin or, you know, yeah, yes. But, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting performance. I mean, it's definitely <laughs> not, it's not, it's not bad at all. No. Um, I think maybe there's some bad ADR at times. Yeah. Like you know, where... My name is Bond. <laughs> well, that's such a shame because the trailer, the trailer version of him saying that is so much better. Yeah, that's and, right. You know, yeah. It's, you know, it's just <laughs> of those things happen. But um, no, I think the actual performance is solid. You know, yeah. there's, there's, it's not his worst performance, I don't think. Um, you know, he looks a li- he looks a bit quite well, not significantly older, but he looks quite different. And maybe part of that's to do with the clothing as well. I mean. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's maybe, the 70s. Yeah, maybe it's the bit, you know, he's got a bit more of a stomach. Yes. Um, which he's on show. I mean, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Which I, I commend. I, I, you know, not everyone. He still looks good, doesn't he? That oh, God, yeah. yeah. I, I still think he's attractive. Yeah, yeah, of course he is, yeah. Um, and he's even, like, bigger now, so he's, like, yes, a massive guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it was too fat in that fight with. Um, yeah, uh, Peter Franks. Peter Franks. Awesome fight, it, yeah. it's, it, it really is quite good in you because it's, you see Connery in a lot of it. Yeah. Um, it does make it more believable. Um, the other things we haven't mentioned Ken Adam and John Barry the, the, the duo I don't know if you'd like as soon as the as soon as the satellite came on I literally yeah, just yeah. forward <laughs> and I was just like just taking it all in because it is probably my favourite scene of the uh, yeah. film just because of the music and it's, it goes from being you know funny to dramatic and tense and oh what's going to happen and then you sat forward for that bit I mean, yeah, yeah and then <laughs> And then the guy screams, and yeah. then all of the drama is lost. It's like, ah. <laughs> um, but no, I mean the music throughout. I know there was a few times where we were humming or tapping our fingers. Oh things. yeah, like, it's just so addictive. And then that, along with you know the sets, I mean they're magnificent, aren't they? So I mean, I'm, 
even just like the just that mixed in with the location. I mean, everyone knows that that house. Yeah, it's a real, a real house. I but mean, Ken Adam, I think, said this is this is a house you should go for. Yeah, you can tell it's his kind of style. It yeah. fits in with the whole film, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's it's just dressed to make it seem so you know so part of you know everything yeah. else. Um, the clothes look better, I think, as well on the big screen. Yes, it's seventies, but everyone's in a suit. Everybody. It's yeah, ridiculous. And I, you know, I love kind of like the juxtaposition of, you know, of Bond just in, yeah. in, during his traditional talk <laughs> yeah, thing, yeah. you know, yet you are in Las Vegas in 1971 with just all these ordinary people who just yeah. dressed in like civilian clothing. I just, I always like that because it's just more realistic. And it's like, okay, this is maybe not an era that we are accustomed to. No, now. not this at is, all. This is, you know, this is showing the shift of where we're going and it's just not maybe as classy. As, you know, no, but back then, even, not many people outside probably Vegas and LA had been to Las Vegas. True, true. And, you know, that, like I said, you know, like it's one of the reasons why I wanted to watch this film initially was because it was Vegas. And I was like, yeah. oh, what's it like in, in that time? And, you know, all the lights and just the colours, oh. you know, during the car chase, you know, it is one of my favourite chases. And I can't that say, is a good chase. I can't though. say it's, you know, an expertly done chase compared to others, but there's just something about. You know, that Ford Mustang. You yeah, know, that, you the know, driving that is incredible, isn't it? The driving, the, you know, the stunts, you know, yeah. just the police being absolutely... <laughs> yeah. oh, just, just like the Willard White's guys on the bikes and the cars, yeah, just useless. And, and maybe it's a bit jarring to go from that. Yeah, I've that heard so that before. It's too near, I, can, yeah. I can understand that for sure. Um, if I was going to cut one thing out, I probably would cut yeah. the, the Willard White uh, bikes. And Can't stuff. cut the moon buggy. No, well, this is the thing, but I... You could just got... go out and then run off or something. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, take the moon buggy out and then yeah. just, like, you know, but just don't stick to it too <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, it just shows that basically all security and police are just, you know, and they just, <laughs> just cannot do their jobs, but it makes for more intimate pieces, you know, um, a sheriff who isn't Pepper, but... He's more Dick Tracy, the, the guy from so A View to a Kill. He's so dry, but yeah. so funny. Like, so funny, like... I, Honestly, every single character gets a laugh. It's Money Penny, Q, yeah, yeah. Hi, Mr. Q. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh. Right, so I think before we go, we've got to mention Winton Kidd. Oh, yes. What was it like to see them on the big screen? It was just, you know, when, I mean, they, they used to scare me. They don't scare me anymore, but you still kind of get like a little bit of airiness, a bit of a shiver, yeah. you know, the music is, it's, you know, is, is part of It's them, is isn't it? Yeah. yeah. They are, whatever they do, wherever they are, it just follows them. And, you know, you get hints of it even when they're not there. Like, you can just hear, like, a teeny bit of it when you see, yeah. you know, Plenty in that pool. Like, it's so slow and you can't... It's yes, not, it's yeah, not that's right, isn't it? But it just lingers a little bit and you can you can hear that that's... It, it was them who did that. Um, oh. Which, I don't, you know, you wouldn't notice. I mean, I didn't notice for the longest time that that, yeah. was, that, that cue was similar. Um... But no, from beginning to end, from go to well, like they just, <laughs> they just, you know, they magnetic. They, really they are, are, aren't I they? Mean, yeah. Even though what Putter Smith wasn't an, an actor, real like he, he's just got such an interesting face. Yeah, so he is. Yeah. Visually interesting. <laughs> yeah. But um, Wynn sort of leads it, doesn't he? He's the the talker and everything. Yeah, he's the dominant one yeah. in the relationship. Well, yeah, but that's he, realistic, he, isn't he, it? Yeah, he is. But um, you buy that he's in charge, and you buy their relationship with him. Yeah, yeah, they make it work. It doesn't yeah. seem, it doesn't seem false, and I do think it, it's kind of groundbreaking. I know it sound, it does sound weird. I think, especially for those who believe that it's not the best way to portray a, you know, a homosexual relationship. But I mean, 
I think in that time and what they were doing, yes, they're villains, but I mean, that's they're not villains because they're, they're gay. No. They're just villains who happen to be gay who are good at what they do for the majority of the film apart from killing Bond. Yeah, and that's, they're probably arguably the most famous characters and the best characters in the film 50 yeah. years on, so they can't, you know, they can't be that unpopular, they can't be that tasteless. No, and I, th- I think popularity, I would hope, would, you know, continue to grow. Yeah. I think you look at... We'll jump in them. Yeah, worry. I mean, they were never on kind of like the range of henchmen that are usually yes. around, especially like 20 years ago, but I think people can't ignore the facts of, the, you know, the good job that they did. Yeah. And, you know, they got rid of everyone that they needed to, apart from uh, Bond and uh, Tiffany. But, I mean, have to mention Charles Gray. Yes, Charles, oh, gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my, I mean, two in the scenery. I mean, he's <laughs> eating up everything that you can. I mean, I think a lot of, I think the good thing about, you know, someone like Charles Gray and Jill, Jill St. John to a point is that I feel like they understand what film they're in. Yeah. And it really helps with their performances to make it seem more real. Like, they very easily could have just gone half-cocked. Yeah. And, and just, uh, and just done that but I think they really do try, try the best to work to use what they've got and, yeah the yeah. film wouldn't work if you had sort of straight performances in this film no, no it's just Charles Gray I just love his little looks and sort of turn. he's so sort of cocky and self-assured isn't he yeah and I think you, I think you need to, you definitely need something like that in this film like you need, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Need, you need someone who is just very weirdly charming yeah he is yeah um, Again, eerie. I think there's a whole yeah, eerie yeah. tone to this film. Like all is known as it seems, and you know, I think part of that relates to you know Blofeld's duplicate plot oh, as yeah, well. Sci-fi. Like, yeah. yeah, it's it's all uh, the voice, you know, space. The sound, yeah, yeah. Like, the moon. There's there's just so much eerie stuff in in this film. But yeah, I, Blofeld just has some of the best lines. Um, I know the impotent Beach Boys. Is yeah, you like that. It's late and tired, and there's still so much to do. <laughs> yeah. um, drag. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I still don't understand how they came to that decision to do it. <laughs> I'm not arguing at all because I think it's. When are you going to set. When will we ever see again or say again? Oh, yeah, that villain from James Bond dressed up as a different gender for, yeah. for a scene to escape somewhere. I mean, it's. Yeah. I mean, I saw Psycho last night, so it's like. Oh, yeah, all, yeah. Putting on. Sort of dressed in a wig. I mean, I did. I mean, I feel like I'm just a lot. That was scary in the Blofeld and Drag, though. So, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I'm scary. We're both quite scary. Scary in a different way. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, I think it freaked me out as it. I think Charles Gray, I think Blofeld freaked yeah. me out a little bit because it's just like, what's going it wasn't on? wasn't expected. And I yeah. think maybe you expect more to happen from it, but then yeah. that's it. And it's not mentioned yeah. again. Nothing like. Imagine if Tiffany and Bond were just on that cruise ship and then Tiffany said, yeah, so I was kidnapped. <laughs> like, I got in this car, I was pushed into this car, and Blofeld was dressed as a woman. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. you know, I, and I had to sit with him like that for two hours. <laughs> yeah, it's really long and trip I, to yeah, the yeah, desert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's just, yeah, crazy film, but so good. But, you know, I'm, I, I'm, ready, I'm ready for J.W. Pepper. I'm this ready, is it. It's... I'm ready for him, I'm ready for more, I'm ready for... Oh, I'm ready for it. It's fun now, isn't it? it yeah. It's fun all the way along now. Yeah. Until right. a certain point, you know. Yeah, I think we, we, we agree that all the films so far have been, have been so good, so entertaining, but we're at a point now where the tone really shifts yeah, and yeah. becomes something new. And I, it's my favourite era that we're about to enter. Is it really? The 70s sort of? 
I mean, I would say so most of it. I think it is more the, the more elements of yeah, things. Yes. Um, but I mean, if, if we're saying like Unmatched Season is my first and Goldfinger, then uh, it's Moonraker and Spy. Oh, so we this have is that. great, so, yeah. Uh, so yeah. we really head into like that. And, you know, Mamma Gone Guns in my top 10. Living Like Die, I think, is 10 or 11. You know, so I mean, Moore's first four films are within take up almost half of the top ten. Oh wow! Uh, Brilliant. So, I mean, you're on a you're on a real ride now. Aren't yeah, you? yeah. And where's Diamonds fit? Has it gone up or changed in your sort of? No, so so, Di- so Diamonds is like next one of the Golden Crown. I think it's like I think those two and so yeah. So basically, the Guy Hamilton yeah you know, trilogy, trilogy <laughs> yeah, the Asian Goldfinger seventies yeah. trilogy. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Um, like 9, 10, 11, or 8, 9, 10. It's around yeah, that area. That's yeah. high, though. That's good. And they're just so fun. They're yeah. just so fun. And I think that's how I like my Bond most of the time. Well, I yeah. feel really cheered up now, Sam. I'm, yeah. I can't wait to sort of just chat about this some more. I th- well, with David, we've chatted about it till yes. 10, 11 yeah. hours, but we will be chatting about it even more. And I'm, I'm gutted that he hasn't been able to see it on the big screen. Yeah. Let's hope that they do another showing who knows when. Or there's some some miracle that someone will show him on a on a massive screen or something. But. Hopefully, we'll, we'll we'll get something set up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys. Really enjoy this, and we're looking forward to the Roger Moore era next. There must be some mistake. I didn't order any. No mistake, sir. On the specific instructions and with the compliments of Mr. Willard White, oysters on the loose. Ashley. Tidbits, prime rib au jus. Utopia. For dessert, the piece de resistance. A bomber surprise. Mmm! That looks fantastic! What's in it? Ah, but then there would be no surprise, Madame. Madame. Madam, would care to be seated? Thank you. This will just take a moment, and then we will leave you in peace. Wine, sir. Mutan or Shield 55. May we begin? Please do. Happy selection, if I may say. I'll be the judge of that. That's rather potent. Not the cork, your aftershave. Strong enough to bury anything. wine is quite excellent. Although for such a grand meal, I had rather expected a claret. Of course. Unfortunately, our cellar is rather poorly stocked with clarets. Mouton Rothschild is a claret. And I've smelt that after shave before, and both times I've smelt a rat.
Well, he's certainly left with his tails between his legs. Oh, James. Oh, yes. What were you about to ask me? James, how the hell do we get those diamonds down again? Really, catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.